cybersecurity has many phases and also many faces. So you need people that are willing to read very long uh, documentation to understand how things work um, and to write some specifications to make sure things work as they should and uh, take care of all uh, edge cases. But you also need people that are, let's say, maybe less patient and just want to receive some black box or some product, some piece of code, and just want to tear it apart and to play with it just like a child and to make it do things that it was not supposed to be doing. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by Jay Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley in partnership with Leumi Tech, sponsored by Hippo Insurance, Opwest Labs, Turing, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and in media partnership with C-Tech. This one is all about low-level research and the beauty of it. Meet Urit Lanzet, lead security solutions architect at Cymotive. Urit is originally a low-level security researcher from 49 Center in 8200. She has been working in Cymotive since its earlier days as Diskin Advanced Technologies, and among her roles in the company, she served as a penetration testing team leader. She's currently leading new opportunities with automotive industry clients from Europe and the USA and supporting the incubation of innovative product ideas inside the company. Her passions include understanding how things work and making them work better. She likes understanding motives and seeing through the outer shell of either people, animals, and businesses. Ulrit Lancet, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders, all the way from the Cymotive offices, I'm guessing by your background, right? Yeah, you're right. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for joining me. We have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to cover, uh, you know, from the, the world, the deep world of cybersecurity, uh, you know, the really what's happening there in the day to day. And I, and I'd love to pick your brain and share a little bit about what, what is the cybersecurity space for you, you know, as a researcher and, and as an engineer, uh, and also going back a little bit to your time, you know, in the army and, and the things that obviously you, you, you can share. You were instructor in perhaps the most uh, elite and luxurious course for computer scientists and researchers in the, in the Israeli Defense Forces and the cyber, in the cyber industry. Uh, Aram, and so I'm, I'm excited to pick your brain on that as well. Being an instructor there, that, that's an amazing experience. I can only imagine. Uh, but Urit, walk me through a little bit some of the big milestones as you see them in your path. And then, and then we'll dig, dig deep into some specific areas and we'll have a good time. Sure, gladly. Um, so I think the first milestone um, is always your childhood mm-hmm. and how your parents approach you as a person and your education and what you're capable and maybe uncapable of doing. And for me, this was a very big thing because I always felt that I can do anything I want to. I always felt that I should work hard and I should learn and I should excel. Um, But they were very supportive of me studying and um, succeeding in the fields that are interesting to me. Um, And also, um, I really appreciated my father for being um, always the devil's advocate. So if I would come excited about a specific topic and I would say, you know, like any child, I want to do this forever. And then he would say, Hmm, but what about the complete, uh, you know, opposite side? Um, maybe if we talk computer science, what about biology? Biology is interesting. Maybe you should also look at that. So I think this is a very interesting, I think parents are, um, really important on this regard. 
Um, and I think I always uh, felt comfortable with things that are, let's say, very accessible and that I felt that I can do from my own home. Um, I was curious about understanding how things work. And also, for example, I really liked physics when I was in school. Um, and I really appreciated that things having um, some meaning. Maybe it's, you know, some existential meaning or um, optimizational meaning or something you can do something with. Um, so I had an opportunity uh, when I was uh, in my um, first high school year to go and study um, a degree in computer science at the Haifa University. It, was, it is called the Etgar Program. It is still wow. running today. Yeah. And yeah. So you were four, just for context, you're 14 years old, right? right? And you're, and you're already starting your first year in university. Yeah. And I think this was great for me um, because it really opened my mind to the, the lengths at which you can gain education and knowledge. And, you know, there were the internet and computers there then, but it was a little more scarce than it is today for sure. And it was an amazing experience to be there with, you know, older people and the, the adults and to study with them um, and to be given this opportunity and to be treated like an adult. And so this was my first encounter with computer science. And I really, really loved it. I loved the setting. I loved feeling like I loved feeling like, you know, a grown up person. Um, and I really enjoyed my studies in the Haifa University. And. I think it gave me it gave me better um, fundamentals later on when I um, when I was let's say tested for my military service and I was back then in my studies I was um, really curious about you know the actual low level stuff the uh, compilation processes um, and assembly and everything like that and that led me actually to to the course that I uh, had gone through and later on um, guided as well. Um, and during my military service, um, I also served as a security researcher um, and performing binary analysis and so on, for sure, um, for low-level devices, let's say. And later on, I had the opportunity to um, be a guide in the course. And I was really excited about that because, again, I was curious about how does this thing work um, who invented it and why? How can we change it to be better? How can I learn from it for my future, for the things that work already? Um, and I think the combination of um, high technological capacity with the um, more, let's say, psychological work and the, the empathy that you should have as a guide really attracted me then. Um, and it was amazing. Amazing. And just for context, because I, I think that guide is, you know, I think that for somebody who did, doesn't experience this course, it's, it's, a, it's a different mindset because you're a commander for, for any purposes. You're a commander and you have, you know, fellow soldiers that are just a couple years younger than you. They're brilliant, but they're a couple years younger than you. And essentially you're working with them to train them to be some of the best researchers in the world within a few months in a, in a different location that is not their comfort zone, not your comfort zone. And, and so what was that like for you, having both that, that commander perspective at the same time, that intellectual curiosity that you're there 
with them working on some of the most interesting problems that anybody in the world can work on. Yeah, so, so thank you for the clarification. Um, for me, it was an ongoing challenge because these people, they know what they're doing. So, of course, you know, the, each and every one of them lacked some experience or knowledge in specific topics, but you could always be standing up to a challenge every day, every hour of the day. Um, it can be also, you know, just a challenge that someone maybe broke a leg because of some madas uh, or exercise during the course. Wow. This is also a challenge, but um, it is interesting because I was also um, serving as, as a teacher for um, assembly and also for other topics. And this was not the first time I, I was teaching. I was also teaching, uh, I was also prepping uh, students for their bagruyot at the high school for computer science, but this is completely different. So I think this challenge of how, you know, you cannot, you can, in my eyes, you can never be the most professional person and know everything. But how do you approach this, you know, sometimes full of ego environment, even if it's from people younger than you that are in a course, and how do you show them it's okay to, to be mistaken and you should ask questions if you don't know something? And that technology says means that you always learn something new, you can always learn something from someone else, and you are going to make mistakes and otherwise you're not going to study. So it was a lesson for me as well. Urit, how old are you when you're an instructor in that course? Um, I believe 21, maybe. So a, a sophomore or junior in a traditional college in the United States. And because I, I think that the context of what you're describing here, those personal experiences of both leadership, but also intellectual curiosity and professionalism, they don't come to a lot of 21, a lot of most 21 year olds don't, don't get to experience, uh, you know, this level of commitment and, and resilience. And, you know, I, I remember I was an instructor in, in a, in a course, not as good as Aram, but I was, uh, I was also an instructor. And I remember you work 22 hours a day on everything and anything. And it's, 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 you know, it's just un, an unbelievable boot camp also, you know, in, in leadership. And so I, I can definitely relate to a lot of what you're saying here, but but uh, you, you finish the instruction in, in this army phase and, and now you're in Cymotive. Tell me a little bit about your personal experience with the cybersecurity world. A lot of thing, a lot of people that don't really understand cybersecurity, they have these preconceived notions of what it is and it's sort of like a black box. So tell me a little bit about your take on, on what is cybersecurity and why you're so excited by it. Sure. Um, so I think... Cybersecurity um, is exactly this combination of understanding or aiming at understanding how things work and why and how they can work better or how can they be modified and used to do things that they are not supposed to do. Um, and this quest is never ending. Um, this definition shows it because you're always on the run to solve, an, solve a problem and then someone finds a way, another way. Um, to approach it. So I would say it should be a more um, holistic approach. Um, and cybersecurity is a never-ending endeavor. So it's the means to understand how my things are affecting my uh, business goals, let's say, for, for a company, or how my um, code or my services or even my product 
um, affects other people or businesses around? And how can they be um, modified and used against what I am um, trying to do? And cybersecurity has many phases and also many faces. So you need people that are willing to read very long uh, documentation to understand how things work um, and to write some specifications to make sure things work as they should and uh, take care of all uh, edge cases. But you also need people that are, let's say, maybe less patient and just want to receive some black box or some product, some piece of code, and just want to tear it apart and to play with it just like a child and to make it do things that it was not supposed to be doing. And I think in the past, it was more uh, like this race of we have the attackers and they are um, finding some exploits or trying to attack some institutions um, or to break down a, a software product or maybe a hardware product. And you want to, you know, put a patch on that and solve it. And I think the world is now approaching at a more holistic um, way that it should be embedded in your overall development process. And this is, I think, what cybersecurity is all about. It's, it's exactly like um, other business uh, processes that are an integral part of your business. It cannot be ignored. Right. And so when you, you know, walk me through a little bit about your day-to-day. So as a researcher, what, what, what does that even include? Do you, like, do you know how the day is going to look? Do you have deadlines? Do you, how does even research take place? Yeah, so the deadlines is an interesting point because there's always this um, conflict between just letting a researcher do what, I want, what he wants to do or what she wants to do and between uh, giving strict timelines. And so it really depends because some research project can be spread out along many, many months. And for sure, the mostly the more time you have, you will find you will find more things. So it can be linear, let's say, in, in findings uh, manner. But sometimes the ability to focus. So for example, if I know I have a certain program that I need to check for issues, um, and if I am sitting with maybe my colleagues or maybe a manager or maybe even just a, a friend from the field, and I want to try to understand what scopes can I look at. So what is the most interesting part um, for me to test? Um, is it more related to um, input validation or is it more related to um, internal protocols inside the, the institution, let's say, or in the internal network? Um, so this can also um, give you good results. So there are a few approaches. So one approach is you just you spray, you try to attack, every, to attack everything that you can, maybe some fuzzing techniques. You're just um, reaching maybe the things that you're more proficient at. So, for example, maybe I'm good at a side channel attack. So it doesn't matter what this product is about. I love doing side channel attacks and I will just go and do them first. Um, or it can be like we learn to perform here um, very organized. So you have a list of all the uh, possible um, roles of the product or software, all of its inputs and outputs, and you just need to go one by one and maybe sort these out to the relevant skill set that people have in the team. So for me, uh, let's say I would be a person in a, in a research team and I would be um, supposed to uh, check a certain protocol stack. So 
I can do it in a, you know, in the more static analysis way. So again, this is going uh, function by function or area by area and, um, you know, in a serial manner. Or I can say, okay, I want to do it in the more dynamic way, the, the program in a certain manner. I want to sniff the, the network uh, activity. I want to see what is really happening. I don't care about all the code. And I just want to go to this specific code and try to attack it. So for example. Right. No, no, I think, and I think that's very, very helpful. Uh, I can't believe time moves so quickly in, in such a cool conversation. Uh, so I want to address a, you know, a topic that, that is really important to talk about. And that is, you know, your role being a woman in the cybersecurity field. Uh, we do see uh, some, you know, we, we, we see things shifting and we see more women involved. Uh, I don't know how many, how, how much improvement in the technical scene, but, but reg regardless of the bigger picture, I'd love to hear your personal experience. Um, I can't imagine there are being many women with you in, in the Aram course or or in, in the cybersecurity space today. So actually, in my course, we were three women. So it was it was impressive and uh, it was great to see that. Um, I will say... <laughs> Out of how Okay, well, we can't even mention Sorry. how many. Yeah. Um, and I will say that um, this for sure still needs improvement. I can say that I see a lot more women in um, development roles, even very, you know, the most technical and mathematical and um, specific, uh, specific uh, development roles. I do see um, less uh, researchers, let's say, uh, security researchers, but for example, now uh, we, ha we are three uh, women researchers in, in the company, which is a lot for the team. And I would like to see um, the environment or the people around more supportive of, uh, of women and girls wanting to do these things. And yeah, I agree with that. And I think, but I think that more women, um, leaders and te uh, technologics, um, are speaking up for that. And now you have more role models, so it's easier than in the past. Right. And so what, what do you think, you know, in your perspective, what, what, what is going to be the big shift? Do you see there being some, something that can happen to make a big shift? Do you see more of a linear, slow paradigm shift you that mean will happen over the years? including women in research uh, environments? Mm -hmm. So yeah. from what I see, uh -huh. there's been passing a lot of decades with slow improvement in women included in many sectors. And I think in Israel, it's sometimes a little easier because we have the military service and it can help to shape this and the lives of many girls um, and boys for sure. Uh, but I think that more emphasis should be put on the earlier stages. So I believe in education and I believe in um, giving children, even when they're babies, like a few months, the ability to choose between a doll and a car, the ability to choose between um, talking with friends about computers or talking with friends about something else. So I believe that this should, I mean, as long as we are not doing something big in the, our early, earlier time education, this is going to continue be dripping and not the mass that we need. Right. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, Urit, I'm already sorry that <laughs> I called this show 20 minute leaders. Time passes by very, very quickly. Uh, and I want to, you know, Take a sidestep from from this research and uh, and some motive and what you're doing there, and, and go back a little bit back to you, going back to your childhood. Uh, 
what what was a topic that really fascinated you, perhaps in middle school or, uh, you know, right in the beginning of high school or a passion um, hobby of so yours? So I think in high school or in middle school, I... I was really um, enthusiastic and happy to start with physics. I studied in a, in Moffet class, and you have tests to to get um, involved in this kind of classroom uh, uh, before. And I was really excited to start the the preschool right. plan to learn physics. I don't know why it was. Again, it was understanding the life around us, um, but in a more uh, technical manner, let's say. So I really liked physics during my studies. Um, and I was really fascinated with uh, computer science, um, but not because I had a lot of, let's say, experience in that. Just from maybe my father had some relevant experience, let's say. Very, very cool. And who would be a source of inspiration for you as you go through your personal and professional journey? So I'm journey? less of a, you know, some, um, someone famous as a role model. I am not that much into that. I like to find uh, inspiration around me. So I can say nowadays, um, one of the founders actually of Simotive, um, I really appreciate um, how he moves around the world, how he goes on with his, um, let's say, uh, business relationships. And he is, he is also, he was um, a professor uh, at the university at the States. And I really like his unique way to approach business relationships and to learn new topics and to view um, strategical um, advancements in companies. And also he lives everywhere in the world. So he just shifts between countries and he shares this with his children. And I really appreciate his way of living. So he, I think he combines well uh, the work uh, and the, you know, the, the fun in life. And I really see him as, as a role model. Beautiful. And what are some words, two, three words that you would choose to describe yourself with? I would say optimization for sure. Um, variety. And, and balance. Beautiful. Thank you very, very much. Um, thank you for the inspiration, for the time, and stay thank safe you, and stay too. healthy. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>